Okay. So, some of you, and I've, I've, I've had conversations either in person or, or online on Facebook, uh, know what's going on um, at Port Covington right now uh, with um, Under Armour's desire to build there uh, and get a very large uh, tax incremental financing, financing package. Uh, now, let me make it clear, because um, I might not have always made this clear in past discussions. Uh, I do want Under Armour to build at Port Covington, and Under Armour is going to be building at Port Covington whether I wanted them to or not, whether any of us want them to. They own the land now. This is going to happen. Uh, I also really, really do believe that uh, Under Armour's uh, building there cannot solve all of the problems that Baltimore City has. Our city has a lot of social issues, and whatever revenue is generated from this project, it's, it's not going to go to being a magical cure. I understand that. Now, that being said, we've had a rough 18 months in Baltimore, beginning with the death of Freddie Gray and everything that resulted from that. And when that happened, I watched my political leaders, my local political leaders, uh, go over to West Baltimore, the Sandtown area, take photo ops. I know Mayor Rawlings Blake went to elementary school, Governor Hogan shot some hoops. I saw my local delegates, city council people, uh, all doing that. And the familiar refrain was, we need to be listening better uh, to the people who live here. Um, because as many of you know, West Baltimore is a very underserved neighborhood, to say the least. Now, I mean this, I think you, most of you know I'm a sincere person. I, I try not to be cynical with these kinds of things. Um, I try to mean that maybe there will be some traction uh, to kind of gaining um, a real measure of, of social justice for that neighborhood. Um, but I can promise you for those who I know in West Baltimore, friends who live there, people who organize there, they don't want photo ops, and they don't want words, and they don't want promises. They want action. They want to actually see something tangible if something is going to happen. And in that time, uh, the governor has rolled out a vacants program, which does help in the short term clear vacants, um, vacant housing in that area, um, but doesn't have a larger scale impact on the residents. And the mayor has started a one Baltimore campaign of which she has put little to no money or effort into on her way out the door. And to see Under Armour's proposal of, of this TIF, of getting just such a large amount of subsidized financing, um, I find it very problematic. I find it that it will only increase this gap between haves and have-nots in our city. And that's just not okay. Now, in our city's history, many of you who have lived here around here know this, since the 1980s, we have always been promised that the next project will help make things better. First, it was the Inner Harbor, then it was one sports stadium, and then it was another sports stadium, and then it was Harbor East, the casino. Baltimore has always been reaching for the next big project. Instead, while corporate welfare has increased in our city, the gap between the haves and the have-nots has grown more stark. And this proposal, as outlined for Under Armour, will not change that. It will, in fact, make things worse. Now, you may be wondering, why am I talking about this? This isn't a faith-based issue. This isn't, you know, 
purely scriptural. You've already said Under Armour is going to build. Why am I bringing this up? Well, I've thought about this and I've prayed on it a lot. I really, and I've, you know, I've said it in other sermons, e-letters, but I really want to get kind of my thoughts more articulated. I really think this is a faith-based issue because we're looking at subsidizing people who have so much and we continue to ignore those who have so little. And I find myself being moved by the prophet Amos. Amos uh, was a prophet from the southern kingdom of Judah, sent to the northern kingdom of Israel uh, to prophesy to them about um, the Lord's disfavor and the coming, um, the coming exile if they didn't turn things around. And what people often think with the exile, with other things, with Sodom and Gomorrah, people think it's because the Israelites were behaving badly and doing bad stuff that they got sent to exile. That's part of it. But a big part of it is one of the things they did very, very poorly was they ignored the cries of the poor. And this comes from Amos chapter 2, and it stands out to me as Amos is framing the judgment of Israel. They sell the righteous for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. They who trample the head of the poor into the dust of the earth and push the afflicted out of the way. And I cannot help but see this project as more of that. Now, we have worked with Build in the past, and we were in, in league with them now. And Build, as I've said, uh, my own personal stance, has not um, called to reject Under Armour's presence, but to modify the package, to modify it in a way that truly, truly is equitable uh, for those in need and that benefits others. Some highlights of that include 51% local hiring because the one thing we have heard from underserved neighborhoods time and time again is that people need jobs. In fact, a pastor friend of mine is always keen to tell this story. He has a congregation in East Baltimore, and they did a big listening campaign around there. And the drug dealers said, if you can find me a job, I will not only step off this corner, I will help you clean it. Our city needs jobs. People want to work. 51% local hiring is not asking a lot. And the second big piece is investment in blighted neighborhoods. So there will be money that will eventually be generated, but the way TIFs work is that the tax revenue that's generated is supposed to go back directly into the project. What BUILD has asked is that some of this money goes to neighborhoods like Sandtown that desperately need it, and not like Port Covington, which is going to finance people who are very well off, to encourage people who are also well off to move there. Now, this Wednesday uh, at 5.30, build leaders will be testifying at a hearing at City Hall. Now, really kills me to say this, I cannot make that, so I'll have Kewen, and I also, we canceled Vespers last week, Sarah Jane won't be here this week, I can't in good conscience do it again. But I encourage you to go, I encourage you to represent build, I encourage you, if nothing else, even if you don't want to go uh, as someone who supports BUILD, go and listen to what's being discussed. And if you don't want to do that, do what you can to educate yourself before the city council votes on August 8th whether, to, whether or not to extend this package. And I'll leave you with this analogy, this story. Last year, when everything happened, I kept hearing the familiar refrain that people were surprised. They liked the city, they loved living here, 
you know, why are people destroying it? If, if Under Armour develops the way they want to, a lot of people from out of Baltimore are going to be moving in, and not just people from Maryland, but people from Indiana and New Jersey and California and Texas and other states, and it'll be really nice. It'll be nice to have people live in our city, see how great it is. But if we don't do anything to address some serious, serious social problems in other neighborhoods, then I can promise you what happened in 1968 and what happened in 2015 will happen again. It might take a year, it might take five, it might take 10, it might take the full 47, but it will happen again. And those people from Indiana and Texas and New Jersey and all over the country who have come to live in our city will act surprised and they'll say, how could this happen? We eat in these restaurants, we live here, we live in these nice neighborhoods. How did it get like this? The difference between those people and you is that you now know the answer. Amen.